Well, LSU special teams under new special team coordinator John Jancic has to be better. And that's not credit to John Jancic. I'm saying it has to be better because I'm not sure how much worse it could get. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can find us on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on LSU in the search bar, and you'll find all the Locked on LSU content you can watch and you can listen. My name is Caroline Fenton, and you can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on LSU. I appreciate you all for being here always. And as always, I appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen Every day. Well, let's get into it because we know Brian Kelly and the LSU football team, they're out on the practice field this week for spring practice, had the first day back after about a week and a half break on Tuesday, back out on the practice field on Thursday. But I want to go back to something that resonated with me, what Brian Kelly said on Tuesday, because he's given us some, some peeks behind the curtain of some positional battles that might be going on, some positions that they feel comfortable with, injury updates, so on and so forth, just like some good housekeeping things at this point in the season. And if y'all have been listening to Lockdown LSU for, you know, a, a while, all the way back to the regular season, you will know that my number one bugaboo for this football team in 2022 was special teams. It absolutely just kept me up at night how awful special teams was. And I'm not alone in feeling that. You probably felt the exact same way. I mean, the number of games that was just kissed away by special teams, Florida State, Tennessee, you already just handed them seven points right off the bat whenever Jack Bush couldn't couldn't feel the opening kickoff. I mean, like, just stupid things. SEC championship game, you know, missed field goal. And the special teams unit just runs off the field as Georgia returns it for a touchdown. It's just like handing points to really solid teams. And you can't do that. I'm getting myself all worked up. I'm getting red and hot just talking about it. But it's going to have to be better this year. It's going to have to be. I mean, Brian Pullian obviously moved from from special teams coordinator and recruiting coordinator to a full off-the-field roles in that sort of GM role. And I think that'll be great for Brian Pullian. As long as he's not touching the special teams – I don't care where he is, but I think he's going to be good in his role, in his GM-esque kind of role. I thought he was really um, succeeded with that this past season. So in comes John Jancic. Now, John Jancic was in a strictly off-the-field kind of analyst um, kind of role this past season, defensive analyst role. He is elevated to the special teams coordinator and also Jack linebacker coach. Now, I want to get into that second part of his role coming up next. I want to focus on special teams now. Because it was something that, like, whenever you talk about special teams as much as I know I have talked about special teams over the past few months, all the way going back to the first game against Florida State this past season, it's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. If you just do your job on special teams, nobody cares. Nobody talks about special teams. You make your extra points, you get your your field goals, you know, you're able to get things moving on punt returns and you don't give up 80-yard punt returns. Like, that's a good thing. That's why we're not talking about it. Or it's a really good thing. Yeah, you know, that, oh my gosh, the special teams unit is just so great. But we talked about it so much because it was so bad. And it, it'll it hurt LSU in so many different ways. Some games, it didn't cost them 
the the outcome. Some games it did. Florida State game, you make just one of those blocked kicks, you win. Florida State game, you don't muff just one of those punts, you probably win. So it changes the game completely. So I don't like talking about special teams because it usually is a bad thing. But considering how detrimental it was to this football team this last season, it's worth talking about. Of course, like I mentioned, John Jancic elevated to the special teams coordinator. And that's something that I've been a little bit leery about, considering John Jancic doesn't have any true special teams experience. He's been a defensive coach in, in different capacities, linebacker coach, defensive analyst, um, defensive coordinators, and his stops along the way. He's had a, a variety of different defensive roles, never special teams. So that's a little bit of a red flag to me. But Brian Kelly was asked about special teams and what it would look like under new special teams coordinator John Jancic. This was Brian Kelly. Um, could you just shed some light on how special teams will be coached up and different roles with different guys? Mm -hmm. So John Jancic will coordinate, which will be the voice of what we're doing. Uh, and, and we're not – I was really happy with our scheme. I, I thought – you know, as I did a, a deep dive on what we did special teams-wise, um, we field, fielded the ball poorly um, last year. Um, we, we certainly, you know, were in a position where a walk-on was our kicker, and, and he had his moments, but he had some big kicks as well. Um, I thought our punter was, was excellent. Our long snapper was excellent. So when you talk about the individual's, uh, we we had to address um, kickoff return and and punt return and, and who that person was and I think we went out and did that. But from a schematic standpoint, I like what we do. So there 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 won't be many changes. There'll be some coaching points and some tweaks here and there. Um, so John will be that voice. So the special team scheme wasn't the problem. And I know Brian Kelly said there's nothing they're not changing that because that wasn't the problem. It's not the special team scheme that knocked the ball out of Jack Fish's hands on the opening kickoff against Tennessee. It wasn't the scheme that caused Malik Neighbors for the punts to just go whoop, whoop, right through his hands. It wasn't the scheme that told LSU to come off the field against Georgia in the SEC championship, even though the ball was live and Georgia returned it for a touchdown. That wasn't the scheme. It was the coaching and it was the players. And I look at the, the, the special teams contributors for LSU this past season. Look at Malik Neighbors. I didn't know what to expect from Malik Neighbors this past year, honestly, going into the season. And when Malik Neighbors muffed those two punts, I thought, uh-oh, this is not a good sign. Fast forward to the end of the season, Malik Neighbors is the MVP of the Citrus Bowl. Malik Neighbors leads the team in receiving yards. So looking back at that Florida State game, it, it, I mean, like, yes, it was Malik Neighbors who muffed those punts. But whenever you look at guys who can contribute on their in their respective positions on either offense or defense, yet on special teams, they have these massive blunders, and it's repetitive. It happens week after week, you know, month after month. That goes back to coaching. So that's not the scheme. And that's that's I'm glad that they're not changing the game. Honestly, I don't care about special team schemes, to be honest with you. I never think about special team schemes. Just field the punts. Make your kicks. Don't get the kicks blocked. Like, I do. I know that there's probably somebody who's, you know, very into the X's nose of everything and very into schemes and they're probably rolling their eyes at me, but like, just do your job. Just get the, get the ball through the uprights, feel the punt, catch a punt. Like that's all I ask you to do. So 
Now that's what John Jancic is tasked to it. They said they addressed some of those things. One, the special teams coordinator, just moving Brian Polian out. I think that was a wise decision. I would have been upset if they hadn't made that decision. Two, addressing punt returner and kick returner. I believe that's their intention with Aaron Anderson, um, a true sophomore coming in from the University of Alabama, transferring in. And of course, if you're you know, familiar with New Orleans high school football, you absolutely know that name, Aaron Anderson, who was a breakout star at Nakar High School in New Orleans. So that, and he was, you know, one of the best punt returner, kick returners in high school football that year. So I think that's what they mean by addressing it is they're bringing in personnel and they're also bringing in a coaching staff, a team of coaches. It's not just on John, John Jancic, it'll be John Jancic and a team of special teams coaches that are going to be coaching these guys up. And to the point, like kicking wasn't the problem. Long snapping wasn't the problem. Um, punting wasn't the problem. It was truly punt return, kick return, and cooking, kicking wasn't outstanding. It wasn't perfect. Damien Ramos wasn't perfect, but Damien Ramos absolutely was not the problem with special teams. I step away from that season and say, I think you did a solid job. So Brian Kelly says they addressed it. I don't know what to expect from John Jancic as a special teams coordinator since we have no experience or prior history. Um, but I go back to what I said in the, in the beginning. I don't know how it could be worse. Knock on all the wood. But that's not going to be John Jancic's only role. He's also going to be filling in as a jack linebackers coach. What does that mean exactly? We'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you, of course, of my favorite sportsbook app, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The NCAA tournament is heating up. We're going to finish up Sweet 16 tonight. We've got Elite 8 action coming up tomorrow, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000, up to $1,000 rather, back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything. They've got money line, point spreads, which team will be cutting down the net. All of that on that app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, thanks for making Locked and LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. John Jancic is elevated from a completely off-the-field defensive analyst role and is now filling in a special teams coordinator role. But that's not Jan John Jancic's only role. John Jancic also is going to be overseeing the Jack linebackers which is a very niche and specific position to not just be a linebackers coach, but to be that, that true pass rusher kind of role. Like that's going to be the one role that he oversees, that one individual player that he oversees, or maybe a group of players who fill in to play that jack role, depending on whatever defensive scheme you're rolling out. Um, that's going to be his sole role. And while I, I look at John Jancic, I mean, I'm a little bit um, – apprehensive about his role as special teams coordinator just because he doesn't have experience with it this giant this jack linebacker role is is tailor-made for john jancic as i mentioned earlier he is strictly a defensive coach he was a d lineman in college played for brian kelly in college at, at grand valley state was a ga at grand valley state and then he was a defensive coordinator made several stops at 
um, you know, mid-major, non-Power 5 teams, non-D1 teams, was a D-line coach at Central Michigan, linebackers coach at Georgia, defensive coordinator at Georgia, D coordinator at Cincinnati and Tennessee, and then made some, some rounds as consultants and safety coaches. He was a defensive quality assistant at Georgia over the last few years. And, you know, you look at the defenses that he oversaw in Georgia from 2020 to 2021. I mean, 2021, obviously, like we all watched that Georgia team. That was the best defense that I've ever seen in college football. And the linebackers that he was coaching, you have Nolan Smith, who had 40 tackles that season. Nicobe Dean, who was a Buckus Award winner in 2021. Quay Walker, who was a first-round pick. You had Jalen Carter, who was projected to be a first-round first pick, not first-overall pick, but first-round pick. Trayvon Walker, who was the first-overall pick. Jordan Davis, who was a first-round pick, taken 13th overall. I mean, like, the guys that he was coaching at Georgia, yes, they have sheer talent, but they were coached very well, too. And that – I do have to give a hat tip to John Jancic. What was his involvement in that defense as a defensive quality control assistant? I don't know. They're not going to tell you. I mean, he's not the D coordinator. I can't give him all the credit. He's not the head coach. can't give him all the credit. But he had some sort of involvement in it. In some form or fashion, John Jancic's DNA is ingrained within that Georgia defense. So those are all positive signs. And Brian Kelly was asked about John Jancic's role as the Jack linebacker position coach and also, you know, what the Jack linebacker position is shaping up to be. B. Joe Jolari leaves, enters the NFL draft. And I want to get into a bunch of draft talk. Of course, we've got Pro Day coming up next week. We're going to get into all that stuff next week. But B. Joe Jolari enters the NFL draft, and that leaves a really big hole of who is going to fill that jackbacker position. Brian Kelly was asked about it. Any front runners that could be filling that role, what their approach is to the jack linebacker role, and what John Jancic's role will be within that system. Obviously, your Jack room is pretty much all new guys for the most part, and you decided to bring you know, Coach Jancic to be full-time focus on that. I guess, what was your outlook this offseason on that room, and, and what are you seeing so far? Yeah, so uh, there, there's there's young players in there, but we, we brought some transfers in there. So Ovia Gufu has played a lot at that position in a similar role at Texas, and we felt like him and, and certainly um, Braden Swinson are two guys that had a little bit more of a veteran kind of presence with some young players, and we felt like that was the kind of mix that we were looking for. And and that's proven to be pretty good right now. Ovi's been really good as, as a leader, as a mentor right away to some of the young players. And um, I think some of the young kids have, have shown themselves um, to be a little bit further along uh, than we thought, um, you know, and and that will be a position that continues to to evolve. But I think we wanted somebody coaching that position um, on a full time basis because of certainly, uh, you know, you look at what we're asking that. Uh, person to do it's hard sometimes for the defensive line coach to break away all of the responsibilities of that position um, in terms of coverage and such when you're when you're coaching the interior so that's why we wanted coach Jancic to be focused on that with the special teams and it makes sense right I mean when that position is so key to your defensive scheme when that position is so niche and so much 
different than whatever you would ask your inside linebacker to do, then yeah, it makes sense to designate one person to put no, I'm not going to say all the TLC into this role because John Janzik obviously still will be coordinating the special teams, but also, you know, like that's going to be his one defensive focus is that Jack Backer position. And I think we all know how important that position is, how important pass rush is in this league, in this pass happy league. Focusing in on some of the names that Brian Kelly mentioned there. He mentioned Braden Swinson, the transfer in from Oregon, and Ovia Gufo, the transfer in from Texas via Notre Dame. He played under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. And just from based off of everything that I've read at practice, based off of what I heard from Brian Kelly, and based off of history, I would say right now the leader in the clubhouse to fill that Jack linebacker role is Ovia Gufo. Um, however... I don't think that it's a role that once you find your starter for week one, that it's just signed, sealed, delivered, book closed when we're not going to address it anymore. Brian Kelly said he was really surprised with the development of some of the young guys. He didn't say it. I'll interpret it on my own. And this is only my interpretation. This is based on zero fact whatsoever. So if I'm wrong, I mean, like, whatever. Um, I would say that probably means Deshaun Womack. Deshaun Womack is one of the early enrollees in the 2023 class. He's a five-star edge rusher out of Baltimore. He was the top recruit coming out of the state of Maryland. He played the pure edge rusher position in college. So I, I look at a guy like Deshaun Womack that has so much potential and all and and uh, John Garcia, who joins the show for, very frequently, he's Lockdown's official recruiting insider. He said out of that entire 2023 class, and there's a whole heck of a lot of talent in that class, out of that entire class, Deshaun Womack would be the one that he would say is more likely to start and contribute right away than any other player in this class. So, you know, take all of that however you'd like. Um, but I would say for right now, it's March 24th. Like there's a lot of time still. There is a lot of practice. There's a lot of developing that all of these guys can do. But where it stands right now, it feels like one of those transfers probably sounds like Ovia Gufo. But also he mentioned Braden Spinson as well. Is going to be feeling in a Jack linebacker position because he's spending a whole lot of time with John Jancic, but I'm excited to see what John Jancic does in a more hands-on role defensively. Comes from an off-the-field role into an on-the-field role and a very specialized on-the-field role defensively. So I'm excited to see how that position shapes up, especially coming off of the former Jack linebacker being so beloved and being such a, a force, a dominant force on the football field and such a dominant force within the locker room as a leader. Number 18, B.J. Ojolari. Coming up next... Some shakeup in LSU basketball, men's basketball. And I don't think that it was unexpected, um, but I still think that it might make you feel a little uncomfortable. And we'll work through it. I'll talk you off the ledge. And we will do that coming up next. The Build March Madness bracket is here, and we know that you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I will be voting for the churro bar. I love churros. I love a churro bar. It's so delicious. And if you want, you know, whatever team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. So let's say the LSU women's team, you're going to be pulling for them all weekend. They, they start their Sweet 16 play on Friday, so you can support your team and support your bar or pie. And when you vote for your favorite bar puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but there's going to be one super, super lucky locked on fan that will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. I would give anything to have built 
delivered straight to my door every single month to talk about a, you know, dream come true. So you got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, it is amazing. And you won't even think that they're good for you because they're so delicious. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, but super high in protein and low in sugar. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day in March. So hop on in, go on and support your pick. So some shakeup within LSU basketball. We've had so far four players transfer out of the program. And I know that you're probably seeing that and you feel a little bit nervous or a little bit uncomfortable about what the future of LSU basketball would look like, um, how much we trust the future of LSU basketball in the hands of Matt McMahon. I'm here to walk, talk you off a, a ledge a little bit. Okay, we know Justice Williams, Justice Hill, and also Kendall Coleman have transferred out of LSU. And also Cornelius Williams, true freshman, is transferring out as well. First, I'll ask you, what did you expect? You know, what What did you expect? Justice Hill followed Matt McMahon to, um, to LSU from Murray State. He spent two years at Murray State. And LSU was the worst team in the SEC this year. I mean, like, some of these guys, they want to go win. They want to go where they can win a championship. And I don't know where that's going to be. You know, for some of these guys, I don't know really what their their future truly is in college basketball, to be completely honest with you. I mean, Justice Hill didn't really wow me throughout the season. Remember, he, he started the season, then he took a step back, and then he came back and wasn't really a continuous starter. He shot 29% from the field this season. You know, like, no disrespect to Justice Hill, but losing him isn't going to be the utter and complete implosion of this program. But it's fair to be concerned about the depth and just the pure bodies. Like, is LSU going to have warm bodies to fill the bench going into the 2023-24 season? I think we'll worry about that. We'll, it, we'll get there. You know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more LSU players transfer out over the next few days. The transfer portal has been open for about a week or so, maybe two weeks, um, a little over a week. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more players head out of the transfer portal. Remember, they can enter the transfer portal and they can always come back. They may want to go and sow their wild oats, see what other opportunities lie for them elsewhere. Could be NIL opportunities, could be more playing opportunities. They can always come back. But when it comes down to it, it's time for LSU to get the dogs that they need to compete in the SEC. The SEC was the best conference in college basketball this past season. And that's not an SEC homer take, but it's the truth. I mean, look at, at, at the sheer number of SEC teams that made it to the NCAA tournament. Alabama, a one seed. You know, Tennessee, Mississippi State. Missouri, Kentucky, you know, the list goes on and on of really, really solid to elite teams that were competing in the SEC. Like the middle of the SEC was still really solid. So LSU didn't have the dogs to be able to compete in the SEC this past season. They need to go out and find that. That's what Matt McMahon is tasked with this offseason. And it's not an easy task because how attractive does LSU look to either a player in the transfer portal or a recruit right now? They have two signees where it stands, but you need more to replace how, the number of players that you're going to lose. So how is Matt McMahon going to sell this team? How is Matt McMahon going to sell this program when the only sample size that they have of his body of work in Baton Rouge is a really bad season when you were the worst team in the conference? I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it. 
Matt McMahon deserves time to be able to figure it out. I know that everyone is wants to call for his job, given time. There is an expiration date on that at some point. And we talked to Jason Jordan, who's a college basketball insider. And I asked him, I was like, I know we're impatient. LSU fans are going to be impatient. But how much patience should we truly have? And he said, give him two years. Give him two years to go out there and get his guys and let him cook. He said, it's still LSU. It's still the SEC, which I think car- it, it carries weight. Absolutely. Absolutely it carries weight. So give him some time to get his guys in here um, and, and start to build it. If beyond that, he still can't win games, you're still at the bottom of the SEC, you're still a bottom feeder, then you got to part ways. But at this point, I'm not going to think about that. I'm thinking about how Matt McMahon can improve this program. Don't be surprised by the the players that are leaving via the transfer portal. This wasn't a very good team. Don't be surprised. They'll bring in more talent. At least we can all hope. That's going to do it for me today. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every day. For your second lesson, check out Locked On College Basketball. They got all the good stuff that you will need for the tournament as we enter into Elite Eight play. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.